peek behind the curtain of the Softly Training Lab with the Softly Performance Podcast. The pinnacle of human performance is out there, and we intend to find it. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another outstanding week here at Softly HQ with another episode of the Softly Performance Podcast. I have with me two outstanding individuals who are going to be on today's episode, one of which is, man, there really is no title that adequately explains how phenomenally awesome this person is, who's also our newest employee, Christian. Oh, rookie. You just oh, got- <laughs> man. <laughs> oh, that was mean. You looked dang, right at me I like... Look- I look. I did that smolder from across the table, and then just. Whoosh, do you see how fast that you went? Better away? watch yourself. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. And with us also is our wonderful in-house registered dietitian nutritionist, amongst some other letters that go at the end of her name, Brooke West, patron saint of all, <laughs> of all nonsense here at HQ. <laughs> Anyways, today we are going to talk to you guys about goal setting. Um, but before we do, we want to introduce Christian Hines, who is kind of the newest employee, part of the Softfleet family here at HQ, um, who's going to be talking to us. Yeah, he's going to give us some insight onto his life, onto his walk of training um, and the, through the military and through owning a CrossFit gym. And yeah, so with that, Christian, tell us a little bit about yourself. Good morning, guys. I am happy to be here. Um, so my perspective is going to be uh, a little different uh, when it comes to goal setting. Um, I, uh, I haven't had much in the way of a coach. The first CrossFit gym I stepped foot in was the one that I opened. Uh, I guess I guess the one that I, I took my level one in. And, and then, you know, the, the next CrossFit gym I stepped foot in was the one that I opened. So it's... Uh, it's been a long couple of decades of learning by myself. That's an interesting way to put it. And I don't think I've ever, I didn't realize that about you. Like yeah. you literally, you go from getting your level one, which arguably, I, mean, I remember, I think I got my level one back in 2009. And I think the only, the, I walked away from my level one with a better understanding of just how to do the CrossFit movements, let alone be a CrossFit coach. Like the level one was like, this is how you do an air squat. This is how you do a snatch. I'm like, okay, great. I feel good enough to be able to do this on their own. And then you took that and opened up your own CrossFit gym. Oh yeah. And it was, a. I mean, yeah. at the time, like it, I, I hadn't, I had a background in strongman. I had been doing strongman for like, I was competing on the national level in like a small weight class. So it was nothing like super impressive, but I had a good foundation uh, to, to build on. But I remember the first few months after getting my level one, I was like, man, I better, I better learn how to do this shit so that I can teach people effectively. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, it was, it was a really, really tough process, man, but it so was. how do you, so let me ask you this. So in the, in the, in the theme of goal setting, so we're going to talk about on this episode goals and then habits that bring us to achieving our goals. How did you basically without a coach jump from like learning to owning a gym and then like, what were kind of some like mile markers that you set for yourself along the way? Like. Uh, man, so like all the really, really complicated stuff I already knew how to do. Um, but I remember after, um, after opening the CrossFit gym, I just wanted to, 
I wanted to be um, a, a, you know, really awesome, solid coach because everybody that I had coming in was brand new off the street. So I was learning with them. Uh, okay. So needless to say, so your motivations for training was to train yourself to the point where you felt comfortable enough to coach someone else. Well, yeah. And you, you know what they always say? It's like, you know, one of the better ways to learn is by teaching. And that is doubly true for me. Oh, and I think like even within the realm of coaching, I think there is... I mean, I, I've seen it go both ways. And CrossFit kind of is notorious for, you know, having people who they they just do things really well. Therefore, the assumption is made that they can then coach people to do those same things really well. And there's a there's a bridge that has to be ga- or gapped, crossed. Yeah. You cross the gap with bridge your bridge. The gap, cross Thank the gap. you. Bridging the gap between being a solid athlete and being a solid coach. Because there are a lot of people who you know, do as I say, not as I do, right? I can I can explain something to the point where it is absolutely abundantly clear of what you should do and how you should do it, but don't watch me do it because I'll fuck it up all the time, right? <laughs> like so, and, but it, it's cool to be able to have someone who, because I, I mean, I've, I've worked out with you for a while. Um, it's awesome to be able to have someone who can do both, right? Like if you can, if you can look at someone and, I mean, this person can pick up your bar and explain everything that you need to do correctly in a way that is meaningful to you. And you can also, you know, nearly come within a couple inches of setting a Guinness Book of World Records box jump, which hopefully we can get him to do here in a little bit. I was going to say, I'm waiting for you to break that. I mean, it's going to happen. Like we, uh, we're (laughs) along with a 300 pound snatch and a lot of other things that, I mean, the, the fact that you do this without a coach is you know, is pretty astounding to me. So, and for all you guys out there who are listening, you know, we all, you know, we're coming out of this new year period where you guys have either fallen off the bandwagon or you're still holding strong to whatever goals you set for yourself at the beginning of the year. And, you know, these lofty type, you know, adventures that we go down, these paths that we walk down, you know, doing this is how we frame this journey. So today when we talk about goal setting, we're going to kind of break this down into two categories, right? There are the goals that, you know, the endpoints that we want to achieve. And then there's the habits that we create for ourselves in order to get to those points. So I know I, I like personally the SMART acronym, um, SMART goals. And, and I think, you know, and I'll kind of talk this and Christian can, I can talk this about the fitness piece and then Brooke, you guys, you know, chime in on the nutrition piece. Um, but, you know, and, and kind of I, I'm using my experience here at Softfleet and, you know, answering all your customer service emails and coaching questions. And and the first, you know, the the number one thing that I think everyone wants when they walk into the gym is everyone wants to be fit. Right. So this concept of fitness as a goal. Right. I want to be fit. I want to be healthy. I use these adjectives to describe me but they're they're really non-specific. So when they're kind of just buzzwords, right? Exactly. Like really. buzz, buzzwords are not goals, right? So when we look at you know, if you guys have a lofty goal, like you know, you want to be able to snatch three hundred pounds, or you want to be able to, you know, do something, run a marathon. You know, the first thing we would ask that you apply to your goals is a level of specificity. So. What what are the conditions that represent this buzzword that you use to, you know, adequately quantify whether or not you actually made it there, right? So because I mean I think and that's the especially in my coaching experience, you know, some things and it it 
it, men are guilty of this too, but it did mostly revolve around women is that this concept of weight loss, right? Like people, they'd want to lose five pounds as a goal. And then once they lost five pounds, the next goal was to lose five more pounds and then to lose five more. And it's like, you keep like reiterating the same thing. It's like, what do you, what exactly are you getting at with your weight loss goal? You know, you're, you're getting at something that is deeper Right. You know, like now you're bridging on that. The difference between self-confidence and an image that you're trying to shoot for. So I have to say my proudest moments as a dietitian are when we get emails or people asking and that's their goal. And then they come back and then they understand that food is fuel and their goal and their mindset needs to shift. That's one of right. the proudest moments. Is yeah, when I, absolutely. Originally, you're like, oh, I think I need to lose 10 pounds when really they don't. Uh, it's just like we have this affixation with a number on a scale and then all of a sudden they come back and they're like, actually, I, th- I think I just need to fuel my body to perform and like, I, and they shift it and I'm like, yes. Well, it's like when people will post, you know, they'll post pictures of themselves like I, this is me at 150 pounds and then this is me at 165 pounds and I look shredded and leaner at 165 than I do at 155. So it's like I gained more weight, but at the same time, I even look better than what I did. And so, so yeah, so for you guys out there who are, you know, you're either, you've either completely fallen off the New Year's resolution bandwagon because you just discovered that your goal was either too lofty, like, you know, you're not going to go from a couch to a marathon or an ultra marathon within a couple of weeks, um, or you've kind of veered off the path because your goal lacked specificity, right? So, you know, we want you to set it is easier for us as coaches to coach you when your goals are specific, you know, and, and to really ask yourself some hard questions, getting down to, you know, what is it that I actually want myself to be able to do, right? And then from there, we can outline a program that gets you from point A to point B. And that, and that I feel, is the ultimate role of a coach is showing you how to get from where you are to where it is that you want to go, Um and, and I think, you know, we talked about it a little bit pre-show, but I think some of you guys fall into another category where you guys have absolutely no idea what it is that you want. You just think that you want something that arguably probably might not be the best thing for you. And I'll, to, uh, <laughs> I, I've, I've used this, I've, I've told this story several times on a podcast, but I, I like it. And I mean, I think it fits in this point. So I'm gonna go ahead and tell it again. But I, was when I started my military career, I was an infantry platoon leader. So an infantry officer at Fort Lewis, Washington. And I had 35 souls that were, you know, my responsibility. And one of those guys was this, he was an 18 year old kid from Wisconsin, I believe. His name was Devin. And Devin was probably 140 pounds I think five foot eight, five foot nine. He was, he was a literal, he was a smaller kid, but I tried, you know, me kind of starting off my little fitness career in 2009, I wanted to sit down. I wanted to talk to people. I wanted to get a feel for what their goals were. So when we crafted, you know, our platoon workout program, we could try to accommodate as many people as possible. And when I asked Devin, I was like, Hey man, what are you like? What are your fitness goals? What do you want? He's like, thought real hard about it. He's like, man, He's like, I want to be 275 pounds, six foot three. And I'm like, uh, like, I, I don't think, I think we, you know, the vertical part is kind of done for you. Like <laughs> by, by this age, the, uh, the horizontal part, I mean, is this, 
is this the best thing for you to be, you know, five foot nine, 200 and some odd pounds of just sheer muscle? Because again, when we, when I, and then there are people who are like that, right? When we have bodybuilders who really put on hundreds of pounds of muscle because they're, the execution of their sport is standing on a stage and flexing, right? They want to craft their body in a particular way that is appealing to judges, right? That is the sport of bodybuilding. But if you want to look at being a soldier, you know, the sport of being a soldier, if you weigh 275 pounds and you get shot on the battlefield, guess who has to carry your fucking ass with all your gear, all your shit, and now it's like, it's, it's going to take seven of us to move a 300-pound mass however far we have to go, you know, because, because so is this, is this the best goal for you? Or is, is putting on a shit ton of weight as a young 18-year-old kid the best use of your fitness given the fact that you told the United States government that you want to be a soldier? So it's like sometimes you have to coach people out of wanting. So like they think they want certain things right? because of what they're led to believe via social media, via the internet, via whatever. Well, it's a lot of time. To me, it's almost like his aesthetic goal and his professional actual needing to performance goal were not matching. Correct. Which is probably actually true in a lot of cases. Absolutely. Absolutely. People, and and I think because now, you know, and, and we use, and in, in softly, you know, a lot of people have heard the term tactical athlete. You know, we use the term tactical athlete to really, you know, to really kind of get at the, the I, I kind of call it the modern day athlete is, is a, a renaissance athlete. So a multifaceted athlete, you know, a tactical decision or a tactical mindset doesn't always include, you know, kicking in doors and shooting guns. You know, a tactical decision being made means that I have to take into account multiple factors in the performance of my duty. So, you know, where the enemy is, where the friendly people are, you know, where my bullets are going to go, you know, the people that I can shoot, the people that I can't shoot, etc. So, so a tactical athlete when you when you train yourself, you have to train yourself as a multifaceted athlete. So when you when your aesthetic goal or when your performance goals take you out of the multifaceted realm because you've become a specialist, you know, we call these people specialists who specialize in a single thing, you've made yourself a less effective tactical athlete and a more effective specialist. So, you know, when you when you set these goals for yourself, when you set these specific goals, make sure that your specific goal is nested within your desired level of performance. So if you are a tactical athlete, if you wanted to be the best tactical athlete, then your goal needs to nest specifically within the realm of being a tactical athlete. And arguably, when you do decide that if, or if this is the realm for you, you have so many to pick from, right? It's like you get to train everything, which in, in my mind, that's the best. Like I think I would, that's probably the one reason why I think I've never picked a sport because I guess my, you know, ADD or just, you know, all over the place type mind, like I don't want to focus on just one thing. I want to focus on everything. And I think a lot of people out there who listen and do solve the program probably all want the same thing, which makes specificity sometimes challenging. And my answer to that is just work on one thing at a time. Right. Or Rotate. you can set multiple goals and have like kind of different avenues. Like Correct. when I, I do goal setting, I tend to have personal, professional, and then there's some like activity based ones. 
So it's not always just health either. You can have like a whole list of, of goals you want to work on and be specific within those things. Yep. So that's the S, right? Does everyone, anyone remember what the, do you have any, say something you want to say? Oh, you guys just, you, you guys think about goals a little bit differently than I do. I think there's a borderline semantic distinction that everyone needs to make when they talk about goals and recognize that when you say um, to yourself, you know, this is this is my goal, it needs to be something that is within your control. So when I think about a goal, it doesn't have anything to do with the end state. The end state is there. Like, I, I know what I want to be able to do at some point, but the goal is... The goal I wake up with every day is just making sure that my nutrition is perfect and that I am training effectively. That's my goal. And whatever end state I reach, having that mindset. Uh, mindset. Okay, I see, I see what you so do there. So goals for you are more about consistency. Uh, goals, yes. goals are just something that I can wake up and know that I can do perfectly every day. That's interesting. That's so, okay. an important distinction for me. Anyway, I see you. I, I think so. All right. So basically your goals and your habits are reversed. Like, cause I would, so I would, I, I, and, and it, as long as I think you have both, I don't think it doesn't really matter what you call it. I think it's like you, if you understand, cause as an example, I, you know, I think you told me this one time, you know, if, If you, for example, if you want a super lofty specific goal, like I want to be able to, you know, snatch 300 pounds, all the things that I'm going to assume about you as an individual in order to achieve that goal need to be on point. If you can't go to bed at the same time and you're up partying or you are like, if you can't wake up and drink a glass of water every morning, you lack, like you're, you're never going to reach your 300 pound goal because you lack the level of discipline that's required to just get yourself into the gym every yeah, day. Yeah, right? we, so, we did talk about this. Yeah, and like, so not so, everyone can do it. Exactly. And, and I think, you know, I think that's, that brings up a valid point in that you're, you know, when you break down your goals or you break down your habits, however you want, if you don't have a defined end state and you want to just see where you end up, you know, all of this assumes a level of consistency within your practice that is going to get you to where you want to go. If you have a fitness goal, if you have a nutrition goal, the number one derailer is your lack of consistency, right? If you like, Absolutely. if you set a goal for yourself or you set an end state, um, if you can't stay consistent within a certain set of habits that you're going to create for yourself, you're never going to achieve your goal ever, you know? So I think, I think if, you know, and so these, these goals, these smart goals that we talk about start small, Right. Make small goals. Right. I'm going to get up at the same time every day, which is in my mind, technically a habit. But that is a that is an important step to achieving a specific goal. Um, those could be like daily goals. I think of those as like daily goals and habits, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, so everything is broken down into smaller pieces. And I know Brooke wrote and a wonderful piece on the Softleap blog about goal setting. And, you know, big goals are nothing but small goals all strung together. Right. And to kind of like move along when we talk about these small goals that are all strung together, we're talking about ultimately measuring progress, which is the M in the SMART analogy or SMART acronym. Um, so, so how do I measure my progress along the way? You know, because I think for some people, a lot of people, if, if you guys are already off the New Year's resolution train that you started for yourself, I'm going to assume 
that you're probably only looking at the destination of where you want to go way in the distant future and you're not paying attention to just what's immediately right in front of your face. So when we measure progress on setting lofty goals for ourselves, what we're ultimately doing is we're measuring the small steps that we're taking every single day in order to achieve our goal. And that's how we measure our progress. So if I look back and man, like I spent the whole month and I got up at the same time every day, that's consistent, right? That's a measurable progress. And I think a lot of times, especially in the fitness realm, that I think a lot of times things that go unnoticed but are nonetheless very important is, you know, do you feel better, right? Do you sleep better? Are you more even-tempered? Are you, like, if you look back, if, even if you, like, start a journal, which I would highly recommend all you guys journal, if you don't do it, you're really not creating for yourself a, a way to look back be like, man, like I I put a smiley face or a frowny face in my journal of do I did I wake up feeling good or did I wake up feeling like shit? And if I flip back my entire month of my journal and I see, you know, 28 smiley faces as opposed to the 15 smiley faces that I saw in December, okay, like something is changing here that is measurable and effective, right? Because ultimately if you want to achieve these big things, it's going to take a long time. But the more small victories you have, the more likely you're going to be to achieve your goal. And I think if you can if you can set habits that are measurable and small, even to the point where it's just like, hey, I feel better every day, like that's a victory. Oh, yeah. And that means that whatever you're doing is working. Because I, I mean, I'm very much of the mindset that, you know, my fitness goals, I, I actually did have a new fitness goal that I started as of two nights ago, three nights ago, when we went to go see Metallica and Raleigh. <laughs> so badass. So badass. I My new fitness goal is I want to shred like Kirk Hammett does in my own time. I'm 57. I was honestly <laughs> impressed. I seriously was. Right? That's a I, lot. I was like, so for I, two hours. Right. For, now, listen, I, I want to I paint a picture for those because I what I saw on that stage, in my mind, was the epitome of fitness, right? So here are guys... For those of you guys who follow the rock metal scene, like Metallica has been around for nearly 40 years, you know, 38 years of performing live, right? And and when these guys perform live, when you think about the crowds that Metallica has drawn over the last several decades, you are talking about just loud, boisterous, just rock and roll, metal, like head banging, all that stuff, right? Like a lifestyle that probably most people couldn't really maintain for more than like a year. I just want to be fit enough to go to one of those concerts right? and not feel and, like shit. And I'm the like, next day. and I'm like, here, you know, and, and what's funny when they did the pre show little shtick, you know, with the comedian, they walked by like all like their rooms, right? So like Lars has his room, Kirk Hammonds had his room. And like as he's going by, it's like, like Lars workout room, Kirk yoga room. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, these guys are literally working out doing yoga right before they go on stage because they like they're they're using this as a tool to do what they love to do. And like as opposed to like you didn't see a whole bunch of like naked girls like running around backstage like and I'm sure they I'm are, sure in the 80s I'm sure in the 80s okay I, <laughs> they I mean, were I, getting I'm it. sure they were getting it back in the 80s but what these guys did was they realized that in order to be in order to to promote longevity within their practice they they used fitness as a means to just fucking rock it every single night, right? I mean, these guys these guys are in their late fifties, you know, on a, on a nationwide tour, 
you know, burning it down night after night, flames coming up on the screen, like screaming into their microphones that they're, you know, almost 60 years old. You know, just a, like I to, to when they turned forty five, they had to change the cocaine room to the yoga. Room. I mean, I, that's fair <laughs> enough, but at least they made that change, right? So yeah. it's like you know, when you think about so, this, this might this might go again unnoticed to a lot of people, but if you if you play guitar, um, it's I play guitar. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm not looking not at Brooke, gonna... who's curating a parody. Instagram account of me that only highlights my goofy teenage years and not my awesome Look, adult years. I'm just years. trying to keep you humble. I appreciate that. Thank <laughs> you. It's number one rule. Just keep, yeah, keep me grounded. Um, but anyways, if you, something as small as the finger dexterity that's required to play, like shred these really long solos in rock and roll guitar is something that is very, very challenging. And for, and for people who are coming into the age of arthritis, like by the time in their late 50s and 60s, the fact that he can still move his fingers that fast on a fretboard is amazing, right? Like, I mean, this is something that most people, even within their 30s, can't do, let alone someone who's like my parents' age, right? Like, he can still shred. And I was like, that's why I was like, my new fitness goal, shred like Kirk Hammett can by the time I'm 57. I want to be able to do that. Write it down. When you I write gonna, your goals write, down, you're I'm, way more why, likely. That's why I'm speaking into the microphone. And the reason, right, attainable and or accountable, right? Like I, mm -hmm. I interswap mm -hmm. the two of them because you do need some level of accountability within your goals. So Chris, what are you doing every day to make that happen? So I, so habits that I've set myself, I do journal every day. Um, so I write, I force myself when I get up every morning, I take 10 minutes, um, I read and then I write in a journal and I can, you know, and, and, and I, this is, this might sound kind of dumb. <laughs> no one's ever going to bring see it. This. I, uh, I make a small, like minute long video of me talking into my phone just as like, Hey, like I'm checking in, like, this is me. This is how I'm feeling today. Like, this is my, like one thing that I want to try to do today. Um, you know, goals that I try to like set for myself, like even I, cause I'm very much with the mindset that like I'm, I am most likely to do all of my fitness and nutrition goals. If I'm starting from a place of goodness rather than starting from a place of like, I feel like I need to change something about myself. Right. Cause they think it's, it's very, it's very easy to be of the mind where, you know, especially nowadays where, you know, you're, you're, kind of given these images and things that you should want, whether you're a woman and you like, you walk into a gym with a picture of another woman, and you're like, here, make me look like this. I'm like, I can't turn you into another person and nor should you ever want to be another person. You should want to be the most awesome version of yourself. Yeah. Your goal shouldn't come from a place of like self-hatred or wanting to change something in a negative way. I think you're automatically setting yourself up for failure. If you do that, it should Correct. be more of a celebration of things you're working towards that you want to do. Um, I don't know, a much more positive place. Well, I, and, and, and yeah, like you're, so this is an, another aside. I know Brooke's going to really hardcore roll her eyes at this one. Um, <laughs> it's too bad. I don't have, I, I'm really sad that we don't have George in this episode because right now George would be like, Oh my God, another history lesson from Chris. Um, <laughs> well, you already gave us our little George aside <laughs> that would be happening. So continue. <laughs> okay, George. So that was you. I'm picturing you on the side. It's over like here. he's here. Um, so anyways, when we, when you look at something like the Olympics, um, so the Olympic games were originally started as a celebration of humanity back in ancient Greece, ancient Roman times. Well, actually ancient Greece. So 
that was a Greek thing. Um, anyways, because the when you, when you looked back at like Greek literature and poetry, you know the gods of Greek antiquity were already perfect. They couldn't attain anything more. They couldn't. The one thing that the gods and the deities could not experience was the feeling associated with progress because they were already the best, right? The strongest, the best looking, et cetera. And the Olympic Games started as a celebration of the fact that the the joy of progress was the one thing that humans could experience that the gods could not. And through competition and through sport, we attained better levels of being, right? That competition was thought to promote excellency within the human condition, right? So when we when we look at barbells and weights and you know gyms and, and these these places that we go to that are filled with equipment, it's not meant, it was never meant to promote ego puffing yourself up. It was meant to celebrate the things that you could achieve within your own capability, right? It only matters to you. No one else will care. That's that's the one, if I had to make a banner, you know, for, for people who want to achieve goals, no one cares about your goals as much as you do, right? And, and when you, if you feel like you need to promote on your social media what your goals are, you've already lost because that, that just tells me that you don't, you need other people to care about it just as much as you do to hold yourself accountable. I don't know. I'm going to play devil's advocate. I think oh, some people use it as a way to be accountable. Like I know a lot of people who actually have separate yeah, kind of okay. like health accounts Touché. where they, cause I, honestly, social media to me is one of like the most awesome things, but also one of the most darkest things, right? I'm, I'm jumbling my words together. I haven't had enough coffee this morning, clearly, but I think you can find amazing people who are genuine and want to support you and see you succeed, but you're also going to have people probably criticizing you, your goals and your journey. Right. So it can I'm be familiar harsh. with those people. It can I'm be not very familiar harsh. with the former. I believe some I be- people can be really, really positive. I've met a lot of awesome like dietitians and other women through social media. And I don't know, maybe I just have a different perspective, but well, I, I think that as a, that is definitely the light side of social media, right? Like it can be very accountable, but in my mind, if you if you want to use social media in the best possible way, right? Social media cannot be treated like the museum dedicated to the image of everything you want people to believe about yourself, curated only by yourself, right? You have to post both sides. You have to like, I, if you want Agreed. to be real, then your struggles and your joys and everything gets posted, and and not just not just the perfectly curated Instagram angle that you took, you know, 17 times just to get it right. Right. If you're going to put your journey out there, be authentic about it. Be authentic about it. Right. And and, and because that way, at least you know that the people who are are holding you accountable from across across the globe have an accurate picture of like, and I, and I think honestly like that people need to know that, right? Because I think one of the, and I know on, we get this on the fitness side all the time, right? And they're like, oh man, what do I do if I miss a workout? Do I go back and do that same one or do I just continue going, right? And then like, or for example, like if I'm following a diet, what if I messed up? Like what if I, what if I'm like, what if I'm trying to be keto, hard eye roll, right? And then suddenly, (laughs) suddenly eat something that's not keto or like what if I'm on a diet? What if I'm on a meal plan and I, man, I just, I think the big thing is don't make excuses. Okay, so you, 
I, I'm also a big fan of live your life. You shouldn't ha- feel like you have these super rigid bounds, but then don't say, oh, well, I'll get back at it next Monday. And it's like Thursday night. Just get back at it the next day, the next meal. Like, right. You don't have to just make excuses to then put it off. Just get yourself, pick yourself up, put your big girl panties on and deal with it. I always make it a point to post my failures on social media. Uh, you know, when I, when they appear on video, I always make it a point. It's hard to be vulnerable like that on social media. Self-deprecation is a real form of humor, though. That's the one. That's the one <laughs> thing I'll, point. I'll never, <laughs> I'll never forget. Like you know, when I was when I was getting out of the military and doing all the classes, and they're like, you know, we talk about job interviews and stuff like that, and they're like, is humor okay in an interview? They're like, well, the only kind of humor that's okay in a job interview is self-deprecating humor. <laughs> did they really say that? Yeah. Right on. Yeah, I'm really super did. good at that. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh man, I could tear myself down. I just, just I don't think you should do that in an interview. <laughs> Whoever's listening to this podcast, don't listen no. to this advice. That's what and I did how this Aaron fool and got Brett. this job. No, 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 no. No, it's it's about oh you're right. I mean, it's yeah, don't unless you are a master of self-deprecation. No, you gotta believe in yourself. <laughs> you self-deprecation you, you is you a marketable have to believe skill. In yourself. If you have coworkers like I have, they will tear you down enough. Uh, to the point where you won't have to. So. They're especially cruel to you, aren't they? <laughs> well, I... <laughs> the the, Doug said it the best way. What did he say? He's like, now what we would have been your subordinates and now the tables are turned because you're not an which, officer which is anymore. Funny because like that's... And I'm... Look, I am fine. Like I gave up that career of being an officer and I'm good with it. But then like, I feel like they treat me like I am an officer when it suits their purpose. But when it doesn't suit their purpose, then it's like, then they treat me like... You're like the awkward little brother. It is. It's the worst. And it's like, Doug, of course, I'm Doug... I'm the nerdy little sister. I, I, Doug is very much of the mindset that, you know, a, and I think he said this this morning too, but, you know, a, um, the best defense is a good offense. If you can make the other person feel smaller first, then that means that they can't attack you. That is Doug's <laughs> method in life. I love it. It's like, don't, don't, don't follow that advice. Listen, you should be kind to everyone you meet. Um, and if they're not kind back to you, give them another chance. And if they're still not kind to you, then you can utterly destroy them. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Buddha. <laughs> Anyways, moving back onto our goal setting, like I said, so we talked about the, the concept of accountability. Everyone does need to be accountable within our goal settings, but in order to be really, really accountable, you have to be genuine and be authentic. And, and don't like, again, I, I think you will find that most people most people are good people and they will want to see you succeed. And I think if people don't want to see you succeed, it doesn't say really much about your goal. It says more about people lacking a certain level of self-confidence to be genuinely happy for other people achieving their goals. So again, be authentic, post your first picture on Instagram. No, no edits. Of course, I say that for me who gets this shit I was like, you have time. professional photos. <laughs> People think okay, your okay. Tinder is fake uh, for, because your photos are that, so good. Okay, I'm no if, longer if on anything, Tinder. If anything, you should Photoshop yourself to look like shit on day one. All right, touche. Well, yeah. Transformation, hashtag Transformation Tuesday. <laughs> I will actually, man, don't post that. <laughs> Showing how much I transformed. <laughs> I will not do that without your permission because oh, goodness I'm gracious. not trying to totally throw you under the bus. I got to hold on to that blackmail and keep it in my pocket. Everyone stand by for a really epic picture All you motherfuckers out there, you all know you had bleach tips back in the day. Don't lie. Hey, I'm not going (laughs) to lie. I did. And Amber makes fun of me for it all the time. Hashtag puka shells. Let's bring the trend back. I'll get you some puka shells. No, we are not. Listen, listen, this is not. I'm not going to start listening to Fred Durst and Limp Bizkit. (laughs) (laughs) 
if, if, M&M, right? Yeah, no, oh, if, yeah. if I could make the choice to trade high-waisted jeans for like, you know, mid to early 90s frosted tips and Fred Durst, I would jump on that train immediately. I'm, I'm on the high-waisted jean trend, sorry. I'll have to go on eBay and see if I can find some <laughs> Jinko jeans that you could fit like a family of five in. <laughs> and wear them to work every day. Oh my God. All right, so so moving on. So it's it's funny. Well, it's it's actually slightly ironic that the R um, relevant in our smart goal acronym is is your goal really worthwhile? Like, is me bringing back bleach tips really worthwhile? You, the no. world needs the joy. No, it doesn't. we saw the arms in that picture. It was perfectly <laughs> relevant. You created Shh. your perfect persona. You're not. You can't <laughs> give away to the fact there's a picture out there because then the fans will demand it. <laughs> also, like relevant goals, I would encourage y'all to just try and fall in love with the process like like honest to god like if if your goals can support falling in love with the process well I, that's I th- that's clutch that, and that's and 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 the the good old i wish p was in smart but there's not the process is a very important part because i think a lot of people they set their and i i've seen this play out in crossfit gyms all over the country wherever i've gone but relevant goals within the fitness realm right so for example you know they're I'm going to separate the CrossFit as a methodology and CrossFit as a sport into two separate categories, right? Because CrossFit as a methodology all revolves around the concept of functional fitness, whereas CrossFit as a sport, if you followed it over the last couple of years, has largely become almost like a circus in the sense that like when people go to these competitions, like now, like at the games, for example, this last year, people were handstand walking across parallel bars as one of the events in the team like in the team division. Nothing functional about being able to walk on your hands across parallel bars. Is it cool to watch? Yeah, it's cool to watch. Like, is it hard to do? Absolutely, right? But if people who are walking into a CrossFit gym think that that's what they have to do in order to be functionally fit, they've kind of missed the mark. Like, they're not setting a relevant goal for themselves when you're like, oh, I want to learn how to handstand walk. Why? Like, well, I want to be good at CrossFit. Are you going to compete? I don't really know. I'm like, well, if you're not going to compete in CrossFit then the skill of handstand walking means little unless you actually find yourself with some need to walk on your hands in your functional daily duties. Well, and the CrossFit as a sport really hurt CrossFit as a lifestyle because half of the people that would email me when I owned the gym was like half of what they would, you know, half of the emails I got were like, hey, I would love to start CrossFit, but I feel like I need to give myself six months to be able to endure what you people are going to heap on me. And so, like, I had to explain all of this to people. Yeah, and it's, and it, you know, the the one, I always thought it was ironic that the one brand of fitness that everyone I thought needed was it, it became more and more exclusive to the point where it's like, we'll I have to be in shape in order to go to the gym. I'm like, no, you go to the gym to get in shape. Like, I mean, that like, we've created this separation where, you know, people look at the absolute elite of the elite and what those people can do and think that that adequately represents yeah. the sport. Well, yeah, you know? and, and not only is it the thing that everyone can benefit most from, but it is CrossFit and functional fitness is the discipline that everyone can make massive leaps and bounds with no matter where you start. If you are, you know, a 60-year-old dude looking, you know, trying to get into the bodybuilding game, you are going to end up disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But and, that, you know, and that's, and that's so, you know, when we talk about, you know, relevant goals, right? Like, so age, age is an interesting question. Cause I, I've, I've gotten, 
you know, a lot of emails about, you know, what should I want for where I'm at? You know, and obviously everyone is, everyone is the ultimate determinant. Like you already end unto yourself. Like I, I, there are some things that I believe in life. Like for example, like I, one of my hobbies is jujitsu and I've, I've fallen in love with jujitsu is literally the, the art of human movement. It's like body chess, right? It's not, it's not meant to like, we're not going to destroy and like rip arms off. Like I mean, right. there, there are those type of people who'll do that, but it's literally skillfully moving your body in a way that, that uses levers and leverage and things like that. It's like to pole it. dancing. Kind of. Yes. <laughs> except you're just, that took me a second. And I was like, <laughs> wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> Stripper, strippers in jujitsu. Um, how did we get here? And, We're talking and, about goal setting and all I can see is a stripper now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, but it, you know, if people ask me, you know, when is, when is it too late to start? I'm like, it's never right. Never too late. Like all, if there's, and, and I, and I, I guess I use that as a, you know, as a, as an overarching theme for all of goal setting, right? It, it, when, it, when is it okay? Or when is it too late? It's never too late. Now it's, it's too late probably for certain things. Like if you're a 60 year old person and you want to go to the Olympics, probably not going to happen for you. Um, yeah. Sometimes the R stands for realistic. So like realistic sure. and relevant, like be honest with yourself, right. manage your expectations. Right. And, and I think a lot of times, you know, what people, what sometimes people don't realize is, you know, especially in the, in the sports science community, you know, what is realistic based on your lifestyle, right? So in sports science, sports science is very much largely swung between two ends of a pendulum where we have said, you know, well, you have the 10,000 hour rule that says, well, as long as I do anything for 10,000 hours, I could be pretty good at it. And then there's the, you know, the genetic, I am gifted in this realm, right? So when you look at like, when you, if you broke down Olympic sports and you look at them from two ends of a sports science pendulum, you have, well, you know, the average height for an Olympic gymnast is roughly around four, nine. And the reason why it's around four, nine is because when it, when you look at the physics of spinning in the air multiple times, if I'm a six foot two person, I can't do that physically. It's not within. You're gonna have a lot of drag flying uh, exactly. through the air. Exactly, you have a ton of drag flying through the air, right? If you look at, if you look at the way the best in the sports are built, right? When you, you know, when you when you look at the NBA, for example, and when, you know, granted, the NBA is kind of a all, all like the professionalized sports of so the NBA, NFL, hockey, all that stuff. Like they they went through dramatic shifts when, you know, for example, in the NBA in the 1980s when they made players partners in the league. And now players, now teams had a financial incentive to fill up their seats um, because they got because every player got a portion back of TV promo deals, seat revenue, things like that. Sports created their essentially almost overnight their own gene pool because now players and people who are responsible for putting these teams together had a financial incentive to go out and scout for the best. Right, so it was that everyone everyone could spend ten thousand hours doing something. But where are those 10,000 hours best spent, right? So if I find that really awkward seven-foot-tall middle school kid, if I give him 10,000 hours of training versus the five-foot-seven kid who just really likes basketball, where's going to be the best return for my money, right? I can, I think that seven-foot-tall awkward middle school kid, if I put 10,000 hours worth of training into him, I get a LeBron James here in a couple of years, right? And LeBron James can fill up seats, and LeBron James makes, you know, champions right and that's that's what i want as a sport guy when and same thing when it comes to the olympics right when you look at the build of michael phelps versus someone who just likes to swim you know michael phelps has this i mean literally stupid long arm span that allows him to pull really hard in the pool it's crazy 
Yeah. And they it, did a whole piece. I think it was in maybe ESPN or Time. I can't remember. But just like looking at the makeup of his body, he was meant to be in the Correct. Water. He was it's meant wild. to be in the water. And so it, it, when you get the 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 cross-section of genetic gifts versus the desire and will to train, you get Olympic champions, right? But when you... But depending on where you're at in your life stages, you know, if you're, for example, if you're a single mom or single dad, or if you work a full-time job, like, you know, those fitness type goals might not necessarily be realistic for you because of the amount of time that you're dedicating to your training. Like when you look at the numbers and the things that people are putting up, I mean, you talk about, you know, don't, don't use the Olympics as a good judge of what a good number is because those people live, like all they do is train like the Olympic village. Like they have a whole staff of people who's dedicated, whose sole job in life is to make sure this person has absolutely everything they need in order to be a solid athlete. That's not a relevant or reasonable expectation for you to set for yourself and or a goal to set for yourself if you're going to school full time, working full time, you know, and think that you're going to like, oh, no, don't worry. I'm going to get up every day at 3 a.m. and I'm going to burn it down for two hours. Then I'm going to hop on the bus. And I'm going to go to class. I'm like, listen, dude. That's not helping you with longevity. You're gonna, I'm like, y- you're go ahead. Tell me how long you like that before like you burn the fuck out completely. Like you'll be on that train for maybe a couple of weeks and you're like, no, can't do this. Right. So and and, and I, to as as an aside to that, one thing that I think is is and it kind of ties in with an A. So not to backtrack too much. But when it comes to setting up an environment that facilitates your goal setting, I think that's absolutely important. Surround yourself with the people that you think will be best suited to allow for your goal to actually manifest itself. So, you know, if you, if say for example, you know, all things on the table, if you were all these things, you were a student full time and you just decided that like, all right, I want to become an Olympian. Well, change your lifestyle. Like you're gonna have to get rid of a lot of stuff in order to accommodate that goal specifically. So, you know, and I think relevant and reasonable and worthwhile goals all depend on taking a good, honest look at the life that you live, you know, and the life that you want to live. If you want to like, all I do is train every day, good on you. I feel like that's kind of boring, but there are people who spend hours and hours in the gym every day and that's just what they do. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Christian, what do you think? Surround yourself with per- people that support your goals. It's it's really helpful to have Doug here. <laughs> Just take us down a peg every time we get a little Listen, too big D- for our Doug britches. Doug is like, I'll, I'll tell you I'll tell a funny story. So uh, this is, I, I promise I'll tie it all back into Doug eventually. But Doug reminds me very much of a guy I went through the Q course with who was a male cheerleader at Michigan State. And we found out he was a male cheerleader at Michigan State when he, we were, so we we're all out at Robin Sage, which is the, the final culminating phase for your special forces qualification course. And we're sitting around a fire and we're just bullshitting or whatever. Cause we just met each other a couple of days ago and we all get put back together for this final training event. And we were talking to this guy, he was, a, he was a male cheerleader at Michigan State. And we're like, dude, I'm like, that's kind of rare. Like we don't really find a whole bunch of male cheerleaders who come to special forces. And we we're like, so like, what was it like? You know, what was it like being, he's like, well, you know, it's, it's obviously very easy to get stereotyped. I was like, well, I understood, you know, male cheerleaders, like got it. He's like, but you will be surprised. Like you'll be surprised at the amount of ass male cheerleaders get. And I'm like, that does not surprise and I'm like, me in the and slightest. I'm like, and I'm like, I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, listen, you want to know how you do it? You walk up to the hottest person and you insult them. You make them feel small. So that makes them more vulnerable. <laughs> and then you take advantage of <laughs> 
once again, <laughs> and I was like, brief PSA. And I was like, men do not do this. Yeah. And do I was not like, listen to this. The first, I was like, as soon as I was like, man, you and Doug got oh, right into the same mindset. I was like, well, I was that, like that probably do, quits working after. The and age I was of like, like, I was like, how 20. do you get like how do you get with people who are this hot? And they're like, listen, me, you just gotta make them feel small. Okay. I'm like, wow. <laughs> This is like the <laughs> fifth grader who kicks a little girl on the playground because he likes her. Like that's the dumbest yeah, shit. I've but I'm ever like, you heard. know what? Listen, adults are nothing but grown up children. Like I've, I'm firmly after having. You I have proved two, that. Oh yeah. Like I have two kids, and I, oh my god, I can see myself, and I'm like, oh, you, you need to stop. I really you know what the weirdest thing is changed. is seeing all my friends with kids, and I'm like, holy shit, it's you, just yeah. tinier. Yeah. Like it's it weird. Is. It really is. Like there's there's some habits and disciplines that get changed over the years and others just are left to one riled and you can just like that develops your adult personality is the stuff that just was never It's probably also why I never need to have children. Yeah. There I think I think you would have wonderful, versions. wonderful children. I don't want the sass like emanating back at me. I, I just, just need one directional <laughs> sass. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! That's what kids are for. They just soak up all your sass. <laughs> yeah, we we deviated on that one. It's because you know what? Dang it! Because well, we were talking about surrounding yourself with people that yes, support you. We were. Um, Doug is not one of those people who supports my goals. No, and that's that's a Softly really is though. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, dude. The, the, and it's and it's funny because it's like yes, we do have the luxury of working in a gym facility. And and therefore, some of our goals are a little different, a little more reasonable. But nonetheless, you guys out there who are listening, you don't have to work for a human performance company to be able to have human performance goals, right? Like whether in a lot of you guys out there who follow our programming, follow the nutrition team, it's a matter of just setting up your life in a way that is most advantageous for you to achieve your goals. And part of that, yes, is absolutely surrounding yourself with people who are like-minded and an honest critique of your lifestyle gives you what is relevant and what is reasonable and what is not. Well, and like as much as it pains me to say this, those of those of you guys who are wondering how to make this happen, fuck, join join a CrossFit gym. Like it, like as much as it pains me to say this, like iron sharpens iron, and all of those people are pursuing the exact same goal. Hang on, all or right. more or less. Oh, please, God. hey, you know what? If you want to, if you want to talk shit and tear that down. <laughs> Please do. No, 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 it no. Hurts I'm not, so bad I'm to not, say that. I'm never. I'm never. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tear that down. It just. It bothers me so much when people say iron sharpens iron. Why? Met, metals of the same density cannot sharp. Like you. Li- it's like it's like rubbing two. Like, it, for example, if you wanted to sharpen a stick, what would you rub it against? This is a metallurgy lesson. It is. It is podcast. a metallurgy lesson. But but it it's it nonetheless plays into the same analogy. If I wanted to sharpen a stick, what do I rub it against? Well, like the a rock. Yeah. Right, a rock because a rock is more dense and harder than a stick. So if you want to be, if you want to be sharpened, so join a CrossFit gym with more in shape athletes. Thank than you. you. There you go. Right. Like that's the analogy, right? Better. Like so, you want to, you want to sharpen yourself. If you're a stick, don't rub yourself against another stick. If you I want get to what get you're sh- saying here, All put right. yourself in an environment <laughs> where there are people to lift you up. Correct. You that's get, where we're going. And, with and this. yes, absolutely. Now, granted, those people should make you feel. Like you are worthy, right? And it's, and it's hard for a lot of people on a confidence level to walk into a gym or walk into a place where people are of greater ability than you are. It can get intimidating, right? That's a reasonable thing. Like it's, but nonetheless, I want you all to recite the mantra in your head that you deserve to be anywhere with anybody, right? You are, there is no place that should ever make you feel that you are unworthy of being there, right? And, and I think a good, a good coach or a good training partner 
is someone who, you know, Christian can outlift me on everything, but I'm just better. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's like, but, but these relationships that you form in your life should be uplifting to the point where someone might be better than you at something and that's okay. That should be a good thing. And nine times out of 10, that person that's very skilled at something that you admire, they're going to be really nice and encouraging to you starting on your journey. They should Correct. be. And, and exactly. hopefully they are. There are not, some people they're who... they're a piece of shit. Yeah, well, exactly. And if, if, you, if your constitution can't hold up to being in the same room with people who are more advanced or better athletes or might otherwise be intimidating to you. You might as well just stay in fucking bed. That's true. I, you know, that's a really, and I think that's a like, good. That's this a is good a lesson for life. Like, look yeah. at look at the people on social media and what they're getting outraged over. You people think you're gonna like make progress? If yes, you know, it, it take like it, there is that's something to be said tough for love for Thursday morning. I mean, it is, but it's right. There's something to be said about putting yourself out there, right? Like, yeah. and that is that is probably the hardest part about going down the road of achieving your goals is that means you do have to put yourself out there and you do have to, you, you got to learn how to take criticism, right? I mean, that's, you know, and, and I think there's, there's tactful and good ways to give criticism. Like, I don't think you don't need to just. Constructive you know. criticism, not tearing someone down. Correct. Correct. Um, yeah. Good advice. Um, so lastly, so the the last part of our the the SMART acronym when it comes to goal setting is timely. So this time associated, like it is it is probably in some statistics somewhere proven that when I give myself a certain time limit, that because of the way in our Western mindset where we work with schedules and check marks and you know lists and things like that, if I associate my goal with a measurable amount of time supposedly that's supposed to increase my likelihood of achieving it. Um, And see, this is where I like to, this is where I like to make my perspective about goal setting a little bit more relevant because setting a timeline goal for, hey, I want to lose X amount of weight or lift X amount of weight, that's not within your control. But what is within your control is tomorrow I am going to eat my first meal within 30 minutes of opening my eyes. That's that is how I like to look at the timing aspect of goal setting, um, and and just just falling in love with the process. Like I'm going to hit the gym by this time every day and get get to bed by this time every day. That's that's yeah. time. A time bound thing. You're right. It, c- it could be daily. It could be every week. I want to do every week. I want to do mobility. Every week. I want to go to a yoga class. Like I absolutely accept that. But the time bound could be. And I think the one thing that and, and so. And and that's really where I, I don't know, I'm very much of the mindset that like there's really only like what you can control in the immediate environment, right? Like I can, in I I only have what I have imme- available right now, right in front of my face, right? If if I, it's hard to set lofty goals and then associate a time with them when it's like there's so much stuff that has to happen between now and then. Like, you know, you're, for example, let me use this sport analogy. The better you are, the more it takes to get better. Right. Like it's very easy for a lot of people when they first start working out to like they'll they'll make progress immediately and you'll see it. Right. I mean, they call those the hashtag beginner gains. Right. And 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 they make, you know, five, ten pound jumps like every couple months. And that's that's typical. And then eventually what will happen is that will level out that will plateau, you know, but then nonetheless, they carry with them that expectation that like, well, well, it's wrong. I should be making the jump and now I'm not, you know, and it's, it's, you have now fallen into the trap of thinking that like, you know, this is, this is not how 
it, it's not how training works, right? The, the better you are, the more nuanced your progressions end up becoming and the more it takes for you to achieve your next goal. So your next PR might come months you know, down the road, you know, it takes on the Olympic years since my last PR. And I'm like on the Olympic level, I mean, you're talking about four years to, you know, add five to 10 pounds to a single lift. Like that's not like, and and to have the discipline to stick around the sport, even though you're not seemingly making progress is huge, right? That, so, so don't be dissuade if like, you know, these goals that you set, specifically regarding around a number and we try to get people away from numbers but nonetheless I know people are going to do it anyways when you have a goal as a number on a barbell or a number of pounds understand that those progressions become more nuanced the better you get so you know and to the point where you know if you want to look at olympic lifting as an example you know if you if you listed out like when mike bergner listed out the three things you needed to be or a successful Olympic weightlifter. The first one was mobility. The second one was speed. And the third one was actually strength. A lot of people start with the strength realm and that taps out pretty quickly because they can't get into the positions that are required of them to lift more weight. You know, if you want to snatch a heavy weight and you can't overhead squat to depth, well, you're going to be very limited by the height in which you can pull the barbell up off the ground. So you now have to revert back to earlier stages of training and a lot of people hate doing that right everyone hates doing mobility because it's like i don't feel like i'm getting a workout because i'm not sweating duh right but like you're, you're still training in the sense that you know you are training your body to get into the positions that it needs to get into in order to express your strength so you know these timely goals that you set for yourself especially when they're tied to a number on a barbell just remember that it might take you a long ass time to add a couple pounds to your lift because you need to work on certain positional aspects before you start reapproaching those heavier barbells because yeah, now we're just going to find yourself continuously frustrated and then you blame the program and then you say it's not working and then you leave us for some other company that's going to, the same thing's going to happen to you then you bounce around every program for like every five months don't rush Sorry. your goals. If you like, if you were to start where you're really supposed to start, then that wouldn't happen. Like I just started um, one of the basic training programs, working on uh, lateral imbalances and things like that. Which from what I lateral development, right? So from when I had, from where I was, I'm like, oh, I just want to use my pink barbell, honestly. But I know that I need to go back because if I don't, D actually told me this. I actually have muscle imbalances and things. And if I don't fix these things and take the time and work on my mobility and other stuff that limits me due to injuries I have, then I'm going to very quickly reach a ceiling if all I want to do is throw a barbell around. So just why are we, don't rush your goals. Like enjoy the process and be realistic about it. So I'd be curious even from the nutrition standpoint because I know a lot of people – you know, a lot of like you had you had made a joke pre-show that I think is nonetheless accurate when people associate nutritional goals with time, right? So like they want to lose a certain like I really got to fit into this dress for a wedding that I have in a month and a half. The problem is they only come in sizes like two and four, and I'm like sitting at a size six or eight, and you're like, uh, uh what do I do? Well, cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> But to me, that's not a shouldn't be a goal either because your dress size, 
I mean, I'm not going to go through mine, but if I said my dress size and you look at me and people be like, what? Because it doesn't really matter. It's just a fucking size. Like it doesn't, it has no bearing on how I feel, if I'm comfortable, if I love myself, like who, who cares? Right. Well, I think like, so a lot of people, yeah. So the, I guess the moral of that story is don't associate, like we don't, in performance-based programming, we are not associating things like weight, like dress size or anything like like those are not factors in a successful strength and conditioning program to the point where we don't even really care how many calories you burn because that's not a metric that we use to define success either um you know calories are you know what is required of you for fuel in order to perform in a given environment they're you know, units we, of energy either correct. consumed through food or you burning them that's why they like a, it's a unit of energy. Right. So so when we talk, so so calories for us are not, we don't even care about burning them. We care about taking in the right amount and the right quality of them in order to fuel us for what we need to be able to do. So, so even when you're looking at the goals that you set or the workouts that you're, you know, doing on your spare time or whatever, assigning good metrics for measuring the effectiveness of your workout. You know, don't don't walk into a gym and measure the effectiveness of your workout by the amount of the sweat that is on your shirt. Like no one programs for the amount of sweat or you feeling like you have a particular workout or you looking at your Fitbit, you know, and you're trying to achieve a certain number on a barbell but you're looking at your Fitbit for oh I burned 500 calories during this workout. I'm like it's awesome. But it doesn't matter though. It it doesn't we're not tracking that, you know, those are, that's a metric that doesn't matter. So ah, anyways, <laughs> we could talk all day about, we this. really could talk. But all day we about went us. through all of our, amazing we went through smart our, our smart acronym. So like I said, guys, I hope everyone took something away when it comes to goal setting. Um, we hope we want to see you guys set goals. Setting goals is wonderful. We want to see you guys achieving your goals and doing wonderful things and, um, and hashtagging yeah. die living and hashtagging yeah. die living course tagging softly because we care about this kind of stuff um, and if you got if we just like overwhelm the fuck out of you and you're like I don't even know anymore because email us okay yes. I, you can reach us we're very accessible Brooke it's just our first name Brooke Christian or Chris at softly.com correct um, and we can absolutely answer questions and help just to clarify for everyone out there we are also available on Instagram if you try to find me on Instagram and you find an Insta- it, no, it is not the celibate saltine. <laughs> that is the parody account. That is not. That is not me. I am at Hot Picks Weekly. That is not. Oh Give God. it a follow. Stop it. <laughs> I, I am at Namasleya. Just slaying that good mindset all the time. That's what I do. Um, no, at Namasleya, at Brookwest RDN, at the Fubar. The, yes. I'll, I, hey, I've I've got another one coming up. All right, we'll put that out later as soon as he gets it. Anyways, guys, we hope you enjoyed today's show. Thank you again for signing on. As always, die living and all that other good shit.